Hey, Gore Monkeys. Matt Stanifer from the Garage of Horror podcast here. After listening to my podcast or any other podcast you enjoy, have you thought, I want to start a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you, you totally should. And when you do, use Anchor.fm to host your podcast. Why? First of all, it's free. Creating a membership is easy. Uploading your episodes are easy. Anchor has everything set up to make uploading your podcast episodes as easy as possible. But Matt, don't I need expensive equipment to record a podcast? Not with Anchor. They have creation tools right on the website that allows you to record your episodes right there for free. Want to monetize your podcast if you already have one? Check out a lot of places on the internet. They make it sound hard. Not with Anchor. They set you up with a sponsorship page, and they even look for sponsors for you, so you can spend less time looking for sponsors and more time creating content. And when it comes to putting sponsorship ads in your show, they do it for you. All you have to do is tell them where in the episode you want it by inserting ad placeholders when you upload your episode. It's so easy. So remember, if you're starting a podcast, and you should, because like I always say, do the thing, son. Host it with Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. It's Matt. And Desiree. And you know what time it is. Another episode of the Garage of Horror. Podcast. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Tonight, we're going to start off with a disclaimer, a good disclaimer, because a vague disclaimer is nobody's friend. We are talking about The Shining, and it is not going to be our usual, oh, here's the plot, here's the review. Now, this is a bashing, (laughs) so if you enjoyed the movie, you should probably go ahead and skip this episode. Or if you want to give us the play, put it on mute and keep it going. <laughs> but you might not want to listen to it. Yeah, it's um, we're we're doing the the original nineteen eighty dog shit version of The Shining, not the clearly superior nineteen ninety seven ABC miniseries version of The Shining, which I'm sure we will talk a lot about anyway. <laughs> as you know, we got on this because as you guys know we were coming up toward the end of my wife's birthday month and she was picking all the movies and she couldn't decide what she wanted to do for her last movie yeah insidious just wasn't like clicking i mean not only did you guys vote horribly with it anyway but the more i thought about it and like when i reread the the review thing whatever you know, the, the synopsis the summary I, I yeah that's what the synopsis is Synopsises are more detailed. No, actually, synopsis are, are less. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Reading that on Netflix, I was like, mm, I don't think I really like this movie that much. So I wanted to change it up. And we had been talking about The Shining not that long ago. So Matt brought it up, you know, about the movie, and I, you know, that I had never seen it. So I was like, okay, well, that goes along with the theme. It's a new movie. We'll check it out. 
Well, not just that either, but like you decided you didn't want to do Insidious, and then like I suggested Thirteen Ghosts, and you ran up on that, and you were like, "No, I remember this, and no, I don't yeah. want to watch this." <laughs> so then I was like, "Hey, man, I want to record. You need to, you know, you need to pick a movie." And so we were thinking about it, and she said she didn't know. And then even though she was supposed to be picking, I came up with The Shining because. As will become apparent over the course of this episode, I know so many people love Stanley Kubrick. So many people love this version of The Shining. I mean, like, it even has, like, an 8.4 out of 10 rating, like, on Amazon. But I fucking hate this movie. I fucking loathe this movie. There's just not adequate verbiage in the English language for me to describe how much I hate this fucking movie. And... I usually like everything we talk about, and it's usually Des who has the contrarian opinion, so I was like, let's flip the script. Maybe it'll be funny to do a movie that I can't stand, you know, since I usually like everything, and maybe you'll like it, and it'll be different, you know, whatever. So we got together, and we started watching it, and I really tried to keep my comments to myself during the movie because I didn't want to, like, color her opinion of it he didn't need to honestly <laughs> but i made the first comment didn't i i think you did <laughs> because it was just like really yeah let was... me just preface this with if i had not watched the miniseries previously i'd have had no fucking clue what was going on yes exactly and <laughs> let yeah let's just fucking dive in here like and i'm probably gonna set a new record for f-bombs on this episode so <laughs> You know, again, if, if, if profanity bothers you, you should probably skip this episode. But it's exactly right, like you just bought up. For you, if you hadn't seen the miniseries beforehand, you wouldn't know what was going on. Exactly. For me, you know, I read the book. The Shining was actually the very first Stephen King book I ever read. I was slumming it in the children's library growing up. First summer that, you know, I hit sixth grade and I was able to get my adult library card. That was, you know, I went in and The Shining was the first adult book that I ever rented. And, you know, I read it in three days, scared the shit out of myself, you know, because, you know, I was always reading it in the middle of the night after my aunt and grandma went to sleep and, you know, everything else. And, you know, they usually let you rent a book for like a week or two back then. So, like, in that two-week period, like, I read it, like, four times, okay? So, like, while Salem's Lot is my favorite Stephen King novel, like, The Shining is up there. It holds a special place in my heart. So, when I saw the 1980 version with the Stanley Kubrick movie, like, I hated it right away. And I'm not even in bad company because Stephen King hates it, too. That's right. The guy that wrote the book hates that movie but as i'm digressing the point is and my biggest problem with kubrick's version of the shining is is that he's like a kid giving a poor book report yeah like, that's a good way to describe it actually he is hitting he he's telling you all the big stuff that happens in the book but not why it's like he expects you to come into the movie having already read the book so it's like oh i don't have to explain why this is happening because you read the book you get it <laughs> yeah 
like skipping over big parts and it's like what <laughs> wait a second like there are a couple times because I've, it's been years since i've watched the miniseries until today but <laughs> like you know there were a few parts where i really had to think and like remember i was like why why is it like that like what what happened to get to this like and then it really threw me off that they changed the room number because it just didn't sound right to begin with. But I couldn't remember because it had been so long. Yeah, and what narrative purpose does changing the room number from 217 to 237 serve? And I know probably people are going to be listening to this and be like, yes, Matt, what is the narrative purpose? It doesn't matter whether it's 217 or it's 237. Why are you so upset about it? I'm upset about it because in the book, it was 217. It is one of the most famous hotel room numbers in history, okay? Like, everybody knows what went down in room 217 in The Shining. So, why? More syllables, maybe? Why, like, oh, oh, I, I read the book, and I know it's 217, but for whatever fucking reason, I won't make it 237. Or, maybe he didn't read the book, or had a barely passing ships in the night with the book thing and was like what was the room number like what like 227 to 237 something i'll just go with 237 whatever i feel like somebody would have stepped in and been like no it's 217 you gotta change it and then again you made it sound like he's an epic dick anyway so yeah i mean i don't know for the people listening at home, I don't know how many people are like really up to date on the filming of The Shining, you know, like I am. Because when I love a movie, I learn all kinds of stuff about it. And when I hate a movie, I learn even more about it. Because that way, I can justify my hatred. Especially for this movie. Because for whatever reason... Everybody and their mom just fucking loves this movie and like they just line up to fillet Kubrick over this movie and everything else. So when I come rolling in with the unpopular opinion that this movie is hot dog shit mixed with wet garbage on a hot summer day, I have to have legit reasons. Like I gotta be able, I gotta come with those receipts. I gotta back my shit up. That is a direct quote, by the way. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Yeah, I did say that earlier, too. And I think you're right. I think my sister did delete her comment <laughs> on Facebook. But I saw it. I saw her saying it, but I didn't see yours again. Like, hours later, I don't know. When we were just upstairs a couple minutes ago, and I went to look at it, and, like, mine is gone, hers is gone. It's just me, you, and Ruben on there. So, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, I went ham, and I bought the thunder. <laughs> so she deleted it. But basically, she said that she preferred the movie over the miniseries, and I may have went a little overboard <laughs> in asking why, <laughs> or explaining why she shouldn't. <laughs> but In a very crude way. Listen, if making my feelings on this movie known as crude, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell anybody. Could I have said it in a nicer way? I guess, maybe. I don't know. But 
Yeah, I'm going to say a bunch of sacrilegious shit <laughs> during this episode. You know, first being Kubrick, not that great of a director. Yeah, don't care. You know, everybody's like, hmm, The Shining, uh, 2001, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, don't care. I've seen all of them. They're all fucking garbage. <laughs> Step two. I cannot comment on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You haven't seen them. And really, we, you know, we don't need to talk about those because we're here to talk about The Shining. Yes. And for sacrilege comment number two, the biggest thing, the absolute biggest thing about the 1980 version of The Shining that I think just doesn't work is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Listen, though, it's not saying he's a bad actor. <laughs> He just does not have a lot of range. As you said earlier, thank you for giving me that range. <laughs> He's, you know, he is a great crazy guy. Like, hands down, if you need a crazy fucker to play in your movie, he is your guy. Even now when he's, what, like 80? <laughs> yeah. But he just does not have the range that the movie required to sell it. Like, like, yeah, it's like, even, even when Jack Nicholson's trying not to look crazy, he looks fucking crazy. Like, it's just his face. He just, he just has a crazy face. Like, he does. His eyebrows just. Yeah, it just, yeah, it, it just is what it is. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just is. He's and, got that crazy look in his eyes. Yes. It doesn't go away. It's yes. just there naturally. So it's like, by time he snaps out and tries to kill his family, it's like, okay, finally. Here we go. Yeah. And like, of course. <laughs> let, let, let. The bitch has been crazy all this time. So. Right. And because like, as you, like, there's no, there's no arc to, to Jack. No. In Kubrick's version of The Shining. Okay. One of the reasons why I love the book so much is because it is very layered. Okay. Like there is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of subtext. There's a lot of a lot of things going on in that book. Like when you like you know when you read it, and like you know about Jack's alcoholism, about broken families, because like he had a horrible father, and like Wendy had a horrible mother, right? And they're both just trying to like fucking hang on and not fuck up Danny too bad. <laughs> Which you do not get from the movie at all. Right. None of it. It's never mentioned. But it's like there's like one mention of his father. Yeah. But it's like and like Stephen King even said he was like when he was writing The Shining, okay, because The Shining was his third book, okay. Carrie was first, Salem was a lot second, Shining third, right? And I mean, most people would say like you know like Carrie and Salem was a lot both awesome, but in King's own words, in you know the foreword of the paperback that came out right around when they did the miniseries, right? He talked a lot about how The Shining was a book that made him grow as a writer because he took chances, right? He said he he was writing it and he said it would have been really easy, okay, for him to make Jack hate his father, right? Because Jack's father was an alcoholic. He beat on his wife which you don't get in the movie at all you don't really get it in the miniseries either but like jack would beat on his wife he would beat on jack's dad would beat on his wife he would beat on jack like you know he was just that prototypical 
abusive drunk, right? And he said it would have been real easy to just write that relationship as Jack not liking his father because Jack's dad was a monster, right? Easy. But he said instead he decided to write it as Jack still loved his father in spite of all of that because that is a complex human emotion, right? And, like, that would make sense that, like, you know, a kid might get his feelings mixed up. You know, like, a kid might still love a parent that's not good for them or that does, you know, bad things to them. Like, you know, it's complex. Human feelings are complex. Yeah. Right? So, and instead of shying away from that, you know, he, he leaned into it and went with it. So, he credited that book as, you know helping him grow as a writer so maybe that's another reason why he hates the movie so much because the book is this personal thing to him where he took this big step and the movie just kind of shit all over it <laughs> yeah just a little yeah i know with um like with that yeah they don't touch on it at all and you know like you see in the miniseries and like you said in the book like jack starts out you know he felt horrible for hurting danny he loved his family. He wanted them to be happy and safe. And, you know, like, that's why he gave up the drinking for good and started doing AA meetings and everything else. And there's no mention of AA meetings He in the movie. And he just automatically seems annoyed with them all the time. Like, Danny asks a simple question. Or, no, he says he's hungry. He's like, well, if you would have eaten breakfast, rah, 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 like, Really? Well, baby. well, like you made the comment about when they were driving in the car, yeah, up to the Overlook Hotel, like he was being a dick in the car, yeah, like yeah, like he, like Jack Nicholson, he only has one setting in that movie, like with his family, asshole. Yep, pretty much. And then another layer you don't get is in the 1980 movie, like he goes up there, him and Almond talk, and Almond's all like. Yep, you got the job. You need to do this. You need to do that. And like it's done. Okay, let's go on a tour. But in the book and in the miniseries, like Jack and Almond can't fucking stand each other because Almond's life is the Overlook Hotel. And the last time he gave the caretaking job to an alcoholic, he went crazy, chopped up two of his twin twin daughters, went in hacks, and then did some home dentistry with a shotgun. Okay. Because in the movie, he didn't go... Or no, I know. I, yeah, but... But I'm, in the miniseries, he didn't. They said, you know, he was there by himself. And, well, Jack at least has his family. Yeah. They they so spliced they, a little bit. Yeah. But, like, in the book, like, that's what happened. So, Allman was like, I don't want to hire you. But he's like, I have to. Because Jack's friend is on the board of directors and this and that and everything else. So, like, it was very contentious. Okay? Just saying. Like they just, he just changed a whole bunch of stuff that just either outright didn't need changed or the movie is worse off for not having it. Yeah. Like skipped a lot of the stuff that, you know, that might not have been a huge deal. You know, even if he had acknowledged, you know, something like, you know, I don't know. But no, it kind of is because a horrible contention. Like even if there was just a slight little bit, like it wasn't just oh yeah, look at you, you have a job, congratulations, blah blah blah. You know, just like a little hesitation. 
Yeah. And like, but and, and it's like, and so in the movie, like, there's no reason for them to stay at the hotel once things start to go bad. Yeah. Okay. Whereas in the miniseries, because you get this whole look into their background and everything else, it's like, you know, that he's, a, a, you know, a barely hanging on recovering, you know, drunk. He had the two incidences in Vermont before they came out to Colorado. One, one where he broke, you know, so like he broke Danny's arm, right? When he was drunk. So his marriage is like hanging on by a thread right. because of this. He beat the shit out of that kid and, lo- you know, lost his teaching job, right? Yeah. So his ability to provide for his family is hanging on by a thread, yeah. right? So he needs this job. So that is why when shit does start going crazy in the miniseries, he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Okay, yeah, we'll just leave. Maybe we can get a job in California in the spring. You know, we can pick fruit with the migrants and Danny won't have to go to high school to learn a second language. So like there's a reason for them to stay at the hotel when things start getting weird other than plot or other than, oh, we're going to make the characters be stupid. Basically. Like, Jack feels trapped by their situation. Like, this has to work out. Yeah. Whereas with the movie, it's like, he's the trapper. No, we're staying. That's it. We're not leaving here. Like, no explanation, just, nope, we're not leaving. You're being ridiculous. Yeah, and... The, and I think one of the, the, the biggest disservice that it does, too, is it's like, I have seen so many memes during this quarantine where people are like, oh, day 20 of the quarantine, and that's a picture of Jack Torrance, like like Jack Nicholson. Like, yeah. oh, this isolation is driving me crazy, and I'm going to kill everybody. And it's like, because that's the way the movie painted it. Yeah. Like, you didn't see... I mean, okay, Jack saw Grady once, and he talked to the bartender, yeah. right? But, like, that was it. So, in the movie, yeah, they pretty much painted as, oh, he went crazy from the isolation. Right. Whereas in the book, it was like, no, dude, the fucking ghost in the hotel drove him crazy because they wanted his fucking kid. Yeah. Like, and so... Kept harping on it. Yeah, so the a whole big motivation of the plot from the book is now gone. Yeah. For what reason? And even, you know, like, <laughs> in the beginning, kind of, you know, still like the beginning of the movie, you know, has him, he's doing the writing, like, in the big, I don't know, it's not an office, it's... Like, it's like a lobby. Yeah. Type thing, yeah. And, you know, Wendy and Danny go outside to play, and he's, like, staring out the window, like, murderously... It's like nothing's really happened yet. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's just staying. Yeah. Acclimating. They're just acclimating. Yeah, and it's like they're not in there bugging him. Yeah. Right? And it's like, does that high pitch ringing shit that oh you started talking god, about? Like, you were like, oh my god. But, like, yeah, it was like, like nothing was happening. It was just like, he went crazy because, oh, the story said he had to go crazy. Yeah. There was none, none of the external factors. forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah factors. Like, you know, whereas, like, the mini, again, like, the miniseries, you have the broken arm. Like, he, you know, he does a thing where 
he sprays the horn's nest, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's safe. And they put it in Danny's room. And then the hotel does its thing, and the wasps come back. Right. And Danny gets off stung, you know, and his and, and Wendy's like, dude, you said it was safe for her, her. You know, he's like, yeah. why do I mess everything up? Like that statement right there tells you everything you need to know about like this Jack's headspace. Yes. Like nothing goes right for him. He feels like he messes everything up. So, of course, he would feel like he has to stay and do this job. Yeah. Like he needs a win. Like he, he <laughs> needs to do something right. Right. Meanwhile, in the movie, it's just like, fuck you, we're staying, I'm writing. And what, something that annoyed me too, like, you never see him doing any work or maintenance on the hotel. You see Wendy go down and do what, something with the boiler or whatever. But Jack, you don't see him do shit. All you see is him writing and looking out fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it never, nothing. You know, there's no hornet's nest. There's no maintenance at all. Yeah, and it's like the you that's see the Wendy whole cooking and bringing food. She brings them breakfast in bed. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You have the job. Get your ass up and go to fucking work. But like, <laughs> and, and but it's like the dumping of the boiler is really the main reason he's there. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's supposed to do repairs and stuff and not let the weather get a foothold on the hotel. But it's like. The boiler is the big deal. You know, he's supposed to eat one wing one day, one wing another. And, you know, he's supposed to keep cycling it through so that, like, pipes don't freeze. You know, you know, so all kinds of shit like that don't happen. And then, like, he has to watch it because, as it says in the book and the miniseries, the boiler creeps. So if you forget and you don't pay attention, you will blow the hotel sky fucking high. Because it'll blow up. But, yeah, like, that is, that is my, my main beef with this movie version is that like he trims it down he goes crazy because oh i'm locked inside with nowhere to go for you know oh it's supposed to be from the end of october till the beginning of like may but they don't make it that long no okay october 30th to may 1st yeah but they don't make it that long they don't even tell you like they have they do a month and then they do like monday tuesday wednesday like what yeah. There's a lot of Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays in, in their fucking six-month span. You know? Like, at least you know, in the miniseries, it gives you dates. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's like October 26th. Like, yeah. Say, I December, specifically right. December 20th. Yeah. Right, because that's like when shit starts to hit the fan. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, so you have that. And then they completely neuter the woman in 217 in the movie like you know like he goes in and you know she's in there and he starts making out with her and then all of a sudden like yeah she's like all like rotted in a couple places and then like she just starts like laughing at him like walking toward him and like laughing like the woman in 217 in the miniseries is so much fucking creepier yeah so much yeah. Like Danny walks in the door and then the next thing you know he's coming down with his shirt ripped and marks on his neck. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing to I don't know. The only thing that really gets Danny is the twins. Yeah. Like the he sees them the like dead. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it's like in the the big thing with the book is that like all those ghosts are there. And when Danny comes with him having that shining 
like they want him man because they can manifest like yeah they want to use him like a fucking battery right. right but as dick Holleran says you know to danny they're just like pictures in a book right yeah. they can't hurt you right yeah. you just look away count to 10 and bye they're gone so they can't get danny themselves that's right. why they have to go through jack Although they do have, you know, in both versions, she tries to strangle him. Yeah, she does. She doesn't succeed, but. But, yeah, and I mean, like, that was the big game-changing thing, you know, in the movie there. But, you know, but, yeah, like, they can't, they can't do it themselves. Yeah. You know, that's why they, that's why they lean on Jack so hard. Right. You know, like, that's why he has to do it. Yeah, and you just don't get that, like. Danny and Wendy see so much more than you know Jack does. Yeah, in the in, you see of it. Yeah, like in the nineteen eighty version, it's like when like you know Jack goes out because you know he goes ch- chasing Danny into that stupid fucking hedge maze <laughs> that also doesn't exist in the book, you know. And she comes to the hotel, and, you know, like she sees all the skeletons, yeah. like you know, sitting on all the stuff in the lobby and this and that, you know. So like right there, she has seen more than more than Jack, right? Yeah. And she doesn't go crazy homicidal, yeah, like, like you know what I mean? Blood in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big thing of blood in the hallway. So it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I feel like, and I'll probably get a lot of blowback for this, but whatever. It's like I feel like the people that love the movie have probably never read the book. <laughs> that's right. I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. I never read the book, and I didn't. Just yeah but like you said though you had seen the miniseries yeah so like in even though it was a while ago like it was when you first came over to germany with me so like 2000 i mean i had seen it years and years before that too, yeah but, but your most recent time yeah would have been 2012 at the earliest yeah. so you're looking at eight years like almost a decade yeah since you've seen it so i mean you even if your memory was fragmented you still had an inkling, like, you yeah. know, a remembrance a of, idea, yeah, of what was going on and, and why. Yeah. It just, yeah. I didn't really remember, like, the version of Wendy, you know, in the miniseries. But I did know, like, instantly I didn't like this one <laughs> with the whole, I mean, other than her, like, smoking every 50 seconds, which I know that was a big thing back then. But it's, you know, just all the time. And then, when she's sitting there talking to, who, I can't even remember who, the doctor. Talking to the doctor after he has a fit. And tells him how, you know, oh, he dislocated his shoulder. He had an injury. And, like, she skirted around it a lot. And then it was just like, well, he did it. But he's a good guy. And yeah. He just, like, it seems so, like... She's a doormat. Yeah. And, like, that's another reason King hates it. Because, you know, he said he that's not the way he wrote Wendy. Like, that's right. not the woman he wrote. But and even, I mean, like, with not remembering the version that he wrote or the, in the miniseries, like, that just pissed me off. Because it would be, you know, like, she made excuses for him. Like, I think if it was me, it would have been, 
Michael has it fucked up. He hurt him, and he's on his last chance. You know, like if it ever happens again, I'm gonna slit his fucking throat. And see, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you're Wendy from the miniseries. Yeah, basically. When the doctor's like, "How did he break his arm?" and she was like, "You know," I mean, she stumbled a bit because it's, but not because she was trying to cover up, but because it was hard for her to talk about. Yeah, and that's but, understandable. Yeah, but it was like his dad hurting, like his dad broke his arm. Yeah, you know. And it was before he stopped drinking. He's not drinking now. Things are getting better. Yeah. Right? She's not saying everything's forgiving because Wendy holds a fucking grudge in the miniseries. <laughs> like, nobody's fucking business. I did point out, though, <laughs> that she had a valid reason. Y'all always think you got, y'all got a valid reason. <laughs> no. Because and there was that. Then the hornet's nest. And what was but the hornet's nest was the hotel. Yeah. But so that's not Jack's fault. That. But they didn't know that at that point. They didn't know there was anything going on with the hotel. Like, as far as she knew and saw, he brought this hornet's nest in, said it was safe, and that her baby got stopped. So he fucked up. I'm just saying, I identify with Jack. I understand that. Of course you do. No, because it's just like in the miniseries later, when Danny does get choked by the woman in 217 and he finally comes out of his trance when they notice the lipstick on his cheek and he jumps off of Wendy's lap after Wendy accused Jack of doing it to him, even though she heard Jack yelling and knew he wasn't upstairs with him. And Danny's like, it was her, it was her. And he's like, oh yeah. And she's like, oh, you surely don't think it was me. And he was like, no, I don't. But it doesn't feel nice to be accused now, does it? And I said, that would have been my exact fucking response. Which is perfectly fine. <laughs> However, when there's three people in the hotel... One got hurt and you didn't do it. The only logical explanation is that the other person did. And while I would normally agree with that, she got woke up by him yelling, telling Danny to come downstairs because the CV was broke and he was like, get down here. Bah, 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 bah. If I have to come up there, things are going to get bad. And she yeah. comes out while he's yelling. While he's yelling this, so yeah. if he's saying "get down here," if I have to come up there, things are going to get bad. Obviously, he has not been upstairs yet. So when Danny comes to the landing upstairs and he is all choked up and stuff, obviously it wasn't Jack because he wasn't fucking upstairs. Yes, but I understand like that, like gut response, like because you let emotion overrule logic. You hurt my baby. Because yes. you let emotion overrule logic. you hurt my baby. Somebody <laughs> hurt my baby. And it wasn't me. So it had to be you. But, and that is another thing that the miniseries has over the movie. Jack in the movie goes crazy because he can't go outside. Yeah. Which, actually, he can go outside. He can go outside all he wants. He can't go to town. Right. You know, unless he hops on a snowmobile and goes. But he can go out. He could do what you know, do whatever. Right. But it's like, oh, I'm cooped up, and now I got cabin fever. And now I'm gonna kill everybody. <laughs> Whereas miniseries and book Jack, so much fucking stress that it's like, of course he goes fucking crazy. Yeah. Like I mean, like even if you didn't add in the ghost shit, but I mean, like the ghost shit like exacerbates it. Oh yeah. You know, like, you know what I mean? Because they are fucking with everything. But, you know, if 
and I'm not trying to be sexist and women blame, but like I think like if Wendy doesn't automatically think that everything is him, maybe he doesn't go crazy. Maybe it's not so easy for the ghosts to drive him crazy. But when he is constantly being accused of shit that he knows he did not do and she just won't listen. What is this constantly though? It's one instant. No, if you'd have been paying attention today and we actually didn't get to the third part of it because, you know, the kids and everything, but like everything is him. Like what? Okay, so like, okay, like for example, let's let's go back to the hornet's nest, right? It's like she says, "Oh, you said that it was fine, you know, blah blah blah, right?" Mm-hmm. And she takes Danny out, right? They're stung. He goes in, you know, he disposes of the hornet's nest, right? He comes out, he's taking pictures of the stings, right? He's like, "I know I used that right, you know, I'm going to sue him." Right? right he's taking pictures five thousand of things should be good right and what does she do you know she was like well maybe it was defective right yeah. which is fine he's like yeah maybe right because i know i used it right maybe it was defective but the point is, is that like danny goes asleep and like that situation is diffused right she obviously realizes there was something wrong with the bug bomb because she was the one that suggested it right right so that argument is done. That is over with. Yet, a couple minutes later, or the next day or something, whenever something happens, and Jack says, oh, well, it's ba 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 she was like, well, you said the hornet's nest was safe. So she turned around, and at this point, the next day, when she knows it wasn't his fault, she throws it in his face. Well, her baby got hurt. No, no, that's not, that's it, not, no, that's still, not a law, no, no, that's not an excuse. It is. No, it's not. But it perfectly illustrates my point is they talk about it. It's done. But the first minute she gets mad, she uses it like a weapon. So if you were doing that to me over months in a hotel and I can't go outside, I can't have a drink. I'm a recovering alcoholic. You know, like they get fucking headaches. They get DTs. He's all fucking stressed. And then you come in on top and you're accusing me of shit that I did not do. And you're using shit like a weapon and you're making me feel bad about myself. If a ghost starts saying, yeah, she's a bitch. You should probably do something about her. You know, I might be like, what are you saying? (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, you're saying very loud, by the way. Like deafening my ear. I'm sorry. Anyway. You can say that because, um, I mean, and I do that to you, but I'm just saying I can identify, uh huh. But she has one thing that she accuses him of, she says something about it one time, but it's not like this constant thing. She made a comment, Well, you said that was safe, as in. That wasn't safe, so how do you know this is? That you need to rewatch that from earlier then because she did not say it with that tone. It was, a, it, it was a it was a it was a I I gotcha. Well you said that was safe. It, it was a weaponized attack. <laughs> yes, because he was trying to do something that once again in her eyes was reckless <laughs> or dangerous. And he's trying to say it's fine. And it's like, well, you said that was fine and it wasn't. Whether the bomb was defective or not. He said it was fine, and it was not fine. 
You women's always stick together. <laughs> yeah, well, you men's can all sleep on the couch together. But see, look, look, look at look at us, even just discussing it, right? So, if you put yourself in the character's shoes, all right, that's tension. <laughs> it's stressful. Well, then, see, you can use that same argument with the movie because yeah, no, that's what I was saying. So, like, he's so in the miniseries. That's what I'm saying. Like, just us talking about it. Like, you know, our emotions were getting up, right? So, in the miniseries, so yeah, it's like okay, our emotions got up talking about it. If you put your, ourselves in the character's shoes, which is what we did, that would be stressful. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to the movie. Oh, like the actual, the, yeah. the, the shit movie. Said, okay. The movie. Gotcha. <laughs> My bad. She does accuse him of hurting Danny. However, in that one, you know, it's a lot more feasible because, like I said, fucking crazy ass. And he's just an asshole automatically. You know, from the get-go. But you could still use that. You know, well, she accused him of it. But then, like, you bring up later, you know, they're talking and stuff. And he's going to check the room. And then the next thing you know, she's going to look for him with a baseball bat. Yeah, like, I was literally, as soon as you, when I was waiting for you to finish talking, because, like, that was literally the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you get so far in the movie, and she's like, you know, something happened to Danny in 237. So, you know, he goes in there and looks. You know, he has the confrontation or the, the, the episode with the woman in there, right? Yeah. And he comes back and he was like, oh, I looked, there was nobody in there, blah, blah, blah. Which really pissed me off, right? too. <laughs> yeah, right. But, like, there was no, their exchange didn't get heated. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was just like, oh, he, he lied, you know, yeah. oh, there was nobody in there. But it's like, okay, right? There was nothing in that conversation that would lead me to believe that at that point Jack was dangerous. Right. Right. But then, like you said, she doesn't see him after that until she goes to talk to him. And she's like, okay, Danny, here, you stay in here. And she takes the ball back. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, where's the, where's the, no, exactly. So, like, where's the motivation for her to take the ball back? You know, it's like, no, it's just like the movie is telling you, okay, at this point, she needs a weapon. Yeah. But they don't lay any of, of the groundwork. Right. You know? Maybe. Uh, I know, I'm like grasping the straws here. Maybe the the baseball bat wasn't in, you know, regards to Jack, but into somebody else possibly being in the hotel that, you know, hurt her baby. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, it just seemed, with the way it was shot and the way it was it was done, like, it seemed like it was pointed. Yeah. And like I said, like it's it seems like okay, this is and it and it's only happening because this is where we are in the movie now. Yeah. Okay, like at least, you know, in the miniseries, by time Wendy goes after Jack with the cro with, with the croquet mallet, like there's reason. Oh yeah. Okay. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he's slipping. You know, she can see that he's slipping. Like, like when she comes down and she's talking to him and she's trying to get him to go to bed with her, right? Yeah. She's like you're not drinking, but all of your drinking, old drinking habits are back. Yeah. You know, you're wiping your mouth, you know, you're rubbing your mouth, you're chewing the tablets, you're, te- you're short-tempered, you're da 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 yeah, da So, yeah. Yeah, so, like, he's having all the behaviors of when he's drunk, even though he's not. 
because that's what the hotel's doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's doing to him. You yeah. know, and that's and that's another great thing about the book and the miniseries is that like you Jack goes bad, right? Of course he does. You and it's like you don't want him to kill his wife, you don't want him to kill his son, right? right. And by the end of the movie, like you know, when he is stalking you know, when he is smacking his wife around and trying to kill her, and when he is stalking Danny through the halls with a croquet mallet and Danny's trying to hide, you know, there is still a part of you that is upset. Like, you feel sorry for him because it's like, you know he is not acting of his right mind. Right. Like, yeah. you don't want, it's not that you want him to succeed. It's not that you're upset that he's, that he's failing. It, you're upset because with all the groundwork that has been laid, you have watched this guy who has been trying to do the right thing slowly succumb to these demons. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's 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 upsetting. Yeah. And like that's what the miniseries delivers in spades. It's what the book delivers in spades over the original. I don't fucking feel sorry for Jack in the original. Oh no, he's a fucking crazy He's an character. asshole. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the whole, like I said last night, the whole, like, maze, hedge, sea, whatever you want to call it, gave me so much anxiety. Like, watching it was hard. Because it was like, well, he's this crazy fucking asshole. He's going to find him and he's going to kill him. And as a little boy, he can't hide from him. Like, he took him forever to even realize that he was just following his tracks. And he got really smart really quick. But it was like, it's just a matter of time. So it just, I was so anxious through that whole scene. Yeah. You know, it was, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's, and then like, you know, with the Jack and the miniseries, it's like, even when he does get Danny cornered in the upstairs hallway with the croquet mallet, but Danny is able to get through to him long enough to get away. To get away. Because under that murderous rage, under that hotel influence, that man that loves his son is still in there. Yeah. Okay? So, like, Danny is able to tap into that and get away. Right. Whereas in the movie, like you said, if he finds him with that axe, that kid's done. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be any... Oh, I, you know, you're my dad. I love you. But, but, but no, he's going to fight and he's going to murder the fuck out of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just that yeah. simple. There's the no only, nuance. No. The None. The only scene in that whole movie where he shows any kind of love is the creepiest fucking pedophile scene <laughs> ever. Come here. Come sit on my lap. You know I love you, right? Yeah, it's like it's like watching a sociopath pretend to love somebody. Like yeah. like he's mimicking what a loving father is supposed to do, but he's not good it at it because so he doesn't creepy. because he doesn't know how to do it. It was so creepy. Like I just got super pedophile vibes like that whole time. And like honestly, like the last the last fifteen to twenty minutes of the of the movie from eighty. Like, mm -hmm. from where she does swing at him with the bat because, like, he starts going in on her. Yeah. Like, that last 20 minutes of the movie, that is the only part of that movie is good. <laughs> because at this point, it's like, now Jack is going psycho. That's what Jack Nicholson's good at. Yeah. Okay? And it's like, okay, this is where we are now. So now, like, 
his what he's doing makes sense yeah so now it's like okay i can watch this but like all that shit beforehand no because yeah. well, <laughs> like i didn't buy any of it even with him backing her up the steps it was like out of place though because you know, she hadn't done anything to him she had the back and you know she was swinging but she hadn't touched him and he's like i'm just gonna bash your fucking head in yeah it's but like, yes but still really? though but but what i'm saying though it's like yes like she hasn't done anything so it's like wow you are being really extra jack you're overreacting but at that point you know when jack nick when jack is coming up the stairs and he's like i ain't gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your fucking head in like nicholson sells that oh yeah because no, it's like, yeah because it's like oh yeah it's, he, he's it's crazy time <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy o'clock <laughs> and like that's what he's good at so now it's like now i'm not watching him try to like do this this climb these different shades now he's now he's in his wheelhouse of what he does well and it's like okay <laughs> like you know i'm sold but you know talking about that scene that was the thing i bought with my sister you know it's like kubrick made her film that scene 127 times 127 takes to back up the stairs swinging the bat at him occasionally yeah 127 so the one that you the take that you see on film where she is crying and she's like i'm confused i just want to go back to my room that's fucking real because she's been doing it for hours it's take 120 fucking seven she doesn't know what she's doing wrong like that's not acting yeah okay and then kubrick's like nobody sympathizes with her on the set no one be nice. I want her to know what it's like to feel isolated. But like she started getting so stressed out like her hair was fucking falling out. She almost quit acting. Dude, it's a fucking movie. There's absolutely no need to do that. Yeah. Okay? It is supposed to be for entertainment. And if you can't get your... If you can't get the emotion out of the actor that you want just by asking or you feel you have to resort to literally putting them through stressful trauma to get that reaction maybe you're not as good as a director as everybody fucking thinks you are yeah there's the blatant abuse there really pissed me off too and you told me that like that's insanity yeah like even jack nicholson has said in interview yeah like even jack nicholson has said in interviews that like she had it the hardest of everybody on the set like alfred hitchcock used to do the same fucking thing to like his female leads and well like that's all you ever hear is like they do that shit to female leads they don't do that to their male leads you know why because a male lead would clean their fucking clock like if he tried to do that to jack nicholson jack nicholson would have beat him with that fucking baseball bat (laughs) right and then walked off. <laughs> like, you know, legit. But I mean, the whole acting feel, you know, it's so bad anyway with women, even now. But, you know, especially back then because we were only newly people. <laughs> <laughs> we were only newly people. Yeah. We, we were barely above property. <laughs> but, like, even just, 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 okay, so, like, even with those plot points and then i mean just like stylistically like with with like with 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 danny it's like talking to tony what's with the fucking wiggle finger and and the throat cancer voice yeah 
I've never seen a kid with an imaginary friend that they had to move their finger. And talk like they smoked 10 packs a day for like five years. Yeah. Like Tony came off as fucking creepy. And then he's like, oh, the the little boy that lives in my mouth. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, he hides and he goes in my stomach. What? Yeah. No. The fuck? What? What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, again, nothing like that in the book. It's just like, it's just like. Kubrick, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? What are you trying? What? Yeah. And that poor little boy was probably traumatized too. Well, no. See, actually, they say that for him, they filmed all his scenes like, like you know, like when he saw the girls cut up in the hallway with all the blood. Yeah. You notice how they would like show his face, and then they would show the hall, yeah. and then they would show his face, and it was normal, and then they would show his face, and it was there. Like, they were not there at the same time. Yeah, I didn't Like, no, like, he has, like, the actor, like, has come out and said that, like, for the longest time, he thought he was filming a different movie. He didn't even know what the movie was until, like, he saw it when he was older. Because, like, they took great pains to not show him anything scary. Oh, okay. Because he wasn't a woman. Yeah, apparently. True. There's a little girl, they'd probably traumatize her. But, you know, and then, you know, going back to the miniseries, you know, it's like, well, in the movie, they do have the one shot where he goes in and he sees the bartender and the bartender gives him one drink or, you know, he has like a couple, like two drinks or whatever, Right. you know, like in the miniseries though, like he goes in, it's like that whole fucking party, you know, he's having all those drinks. And, like, it's actually one of my favorite shots of the miniseries, and we didn't get to it today because it's in the third part. But it's, like, when he sees that whole party going on, and he's, like, drinking, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's dancing with the with the woman. Yeah. It's, like, he's dancing with the woman, and there's music and lights, you know, and everything's going on. It's a big party. And then, like, they kind of cut, like, out of his head. You know, they right. cut to the actual bar, and, like, it's it's cold and dark and he's like dancing by himself yeah like you know like his arms are up and he's just kind of yeah like he's just kind of like you know so like they give you that shot of like this is not really (laughs) happening right and he looks ridiculous (laughs) like yeah just you know dancing by himself in his empty room but i think it also shows you that by this point like the the hotel has just gotten so far inside of his head and has influenced him so much that, like, he thinks that's really happening. Like, he cannot tell what is real and what isn't real right. anymore. Well, even with watching, you know, with the whole CB radio thing. You know, like, he's oh, yeah, with his the dad. shit out of it because of his dad. And then... And, and like, just dead. hearing his dad talk to him, like, the way his dad talks to him through that CB radio, when he's like, are you stupid? Yeah, like, you can... Like, yes, the contempt, like the venom in his voice. Like, it's like, holy fuck, dude. Like, that's a toxic dude. Yeah. (laughs) You know? But again, like, you know, he doesn't remember breaking the CB. Yeah. You know? Or doing, you know, and whatnot. Because it's like... when he breaks the... The snowmobile. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like he goes... He dissociates. Yeah. Like, you know, he goes away. Yeah. You know, because like... It's almost like he's under the influence of the hotel like he would be under the influence of alcohol. Yeah. He comes around and it's... Yeah, he blacks out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like being blackout drunk. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the stuff that happens in the hotel is a metaphor for alcoholism. Yeah. 
that is another layer of like that book, right? Whereas the movie does not have that at all. The lay the the movie is not like an ogre. No. <laughs> it does not have layers. No. <laughs> or Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But and like I think that's that's really I mean I, I guess like if I didn't know what the shining was. Like, you know, like if I had not read the book and like somebody was like, oh, hey, you should watch this movie. It's about this guy that, you know, he's in isolation and he goes crazy and tries to kill his family. It's like, okay, I could watch that and you know, might find it. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, they might find it interesting. But given that I know what the source material is, it it just fails to live up on live up to the source material on any level. Yeah. No level. (laughs) Like, I cannot think of one instance in the 80 movie where I can look at it and say, yeah, you know, that's like the book or, you know, like that. I Like, I, I can't. Like, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. Like you said, if it's, it had been called something else. Maybe. But like I said, there, or, and you said that there's a lot of non-progression, like that you just don't see. So it's just like, why? Why is it like that? You know? But then if there, you didn't have anything to reference, maybe it wouldn't wouldn't question it so much. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if I didn't have anything to reference, it was like, oh, this guy is like at the hotel for the winter and, you know, he's going, he goes, he's going stir crazy, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he goes stir crazy and he tries to kill his family like the previous caretaker did, yeah. right? Like, okay, like if it's a standalone thing, like I can get on board with that, but it's not. Right. And like, I know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And... It's not that. At all. <laughs> yeah, like, like, not even at close. all. That's, like, the worst part. You know, no movie will ever live up to its book. Yeah, of course, you know, but there's... It's just not possible. Yeah, but, like, but, there's, 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 there's failing, there's giving your best shot, right, and getting a lot of things right, but maybe falling just short, Right. There's that, and then there's The Shining. <laughs> yeah. You know, and another thing that the movie robs you of is, like, I mean, like, the biggest victim of of the movie version is, is Jack. Like, it takes this great complex character and makes him a, a paper villain. Yeah. Like, a paper-thin villain. And by the time he fucking freezes to death, in the, in the in the in the in the in the hedge maze it's like good yeah. right but like no re- there's no redemption right? right it's like he's an asshole the whole movie he tries to kill his kid and he dies an asshole yeah right and they leave him behind yeah. you know like they get in the fucking thing and they leave him behind yeah. whereas in the miniseries <laughs> for the 30th time you know he has danny upstairs and that's what it is he has danny upstairs and danny looks at him and he goes you can't do anything because you forgot there's something that you forgot that my daddy wouldn't forget but that you forgot and he remembers then that he didn't dump the boiler so he has to go down to the basement so he can dump the boiler so that the whole fucking hotel doesn't explode right but he goes down there and the ghosts show up and they're like, dump the boiler, dump the boiler. What are you waiting for? And it's in that moment that he was, that he's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. Like Danny, get out of here. You know, 
I'm not going to dump the boiler. I'm going to blow this fucking place up. Yeah. You know, and the ghost, like, try to grab it, and it won't work, you know. And he sacrifices himself. Yeah. To blow up the hotel so that they can get away. Yeah. So, like, you see him go crazy and, and try to kill them all. But then, like, you know, at the end there, you know, like, he he fights his way out. You know, and he does this, he does this one last thing. Yeah. Right? To save his family. To save his family. Like, you know, he, he said, like, why can't I ever do anything right? That's the one thing he fucking does right. Yeah. Right? And that's what you get. <laughs> you get that. And then you're sad that he died. Yes. Even though he was literally just trying to kill his family. Yes. But that's why I said, like, you never abandon him completely yeah. <laughs> like, like as bad as that him, sounds he is the victim too. yes he is the, another victim of the hotel yeah legit and jack Anderson is not. <laughs> no and that's like that's the other thing like they show like he sees two ghosts two right two and he dies out there in the maze and then all of a sudden he's in the fucking picture yeah hanging on the wall such and such ball, 1920. What? They made a comment about him having always been the caretaker there, too. When he sees the white, the blue, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, he's the... He's, he's not the bartender. He's like a waiter type. Yeah, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And he's like, no, you've always been the caretaker here, Mr. Torrance. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. What? Like they try to put in a, another layer that just Yeah, they they, they reach layer. for a layer that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. None. <laughs> yeah. It's so but like so like that's why I don't understand. Like we're sitting here, we're like going through all this stuff, but there is legitimately people out there that will sit there and look at you and say that the movie is better than the miniseries. How? On what planet? Like my sister. <laughs> my sister said it today. Yeah. And it's like, what? But to be fair, I'm pretty sure my sister has never read the book. And if she saw the movie first, we tend to be biased toward the one we see first. I'm not. Because <laughs> I, I seen the eighties I seen the eighty version. But you read forever the book. ago. But you read the book. I guess so. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's very common. For people to have a preference to the one they saw or heard first. You know, it, movies, mo um, songs, like anything like that. They like the version they saw first the most. I guess that's fair. I kind of do that with Batman. Because like, when I actually, you know, Batman, you know, The Dark Knight is like the big movie that came out that you can remember like really seeing yeah. batman when i was you know younger but not too young so christian bale's batman is still my favorite i know i remember <laughs> so i remember how so upset you are when ben affleck was casted oh cast God. as batman for, for, for batman versus superman in justice league like it was a whole fucking thing I <laughs> see i don't i don't know because i mean like, I love the original version of The Evil Dead, you know, with Bruce Campbell that was, like, made, like, I think, like, 82 or, or, or something like that. But I really like the, I really like the 2013 version, too, with the girl yeah. that I was watching here the other day. 
like I I think like they're you know it tells the same story in a different way it kind of updates it because usually I don't like remakes like you said yeah. like usually you do have a bias but like that one like I, I like that one just as much well there's always an exception <laughs> and you love to be the exception Whatever. But generally speaking, people tend to, you know, gravitate toward what they saw first. All right. Well, now that we've rambled on, <laughs> scathingly destroying this movie for it, it says an hour and three minutes now. Well, we'll have to cut. I, I do want to say that it's like cutting through all my, you know, curse words and stuff. Like honestly, like that is to boil it down. That really is my problem with the 1980 version. Like it takes away, all, it takes away all of Jack's agency. There's no arc. I don't understand why they changed 217 to 237. I don't get what they were going for with the wiggly finger and the cancer voice for Danny. Like you know, I don't like that they made Wendy a doormat because in the book she's not a doormat. You know, like those are those right there. Like as like you know, they could have showed the hotel working on Jack more, yeah. like the miniseries does. Okay, like. You gotta, you gotta give some context. Like, you know, it's like, like they took the, they took the meat of the story, but not the bones. Okay. Right. So they didn't have anything to hang their meat on. Yeah. Okay. Like, so that right there, cutting through all the bullshit, that is my problem with the 1980 version of this movie. But I rant and rave because so many people act like it is the gold standard and they act like you're crazy if you don't like it. It honestly floored me when I saw the 8.4 rating when I was looking it up. Like, because I was going through, like, there were a few, you know, I looked at the stuff for Insidious. I looked at, you know, The Last Exorcism. I looked at The Possession. I was going through different things, and, like, you know, I paid attention to that little IMDb rating on every one. And it was, like, when that one popped up and said 8.4, I was like, what? Is that a mistake? That has to be a mistake. And, like, that was before watching it. But yeah, but like, I think, though, there, though, you were kind of reacting to, we have been married for almost 10 years now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. year, like, you know, 2011 is when we got married. So, actually, you know, like, December of this year will be nine years. Okay, yeah. so, like, so like we've been married for almost a decade. Right. We've been together for a decade. We've yeah, we've actually yeah, if you count before we got married, we've been together for ten years. So like you've obviously heard me go on about how much I fucking hate this movie. So, you know, probably in the back of your mind you see the eight you know, you see the eight point four, and even though you haven't seen it in the back of your mind, you're probably like, Well, how can this score be so high when Matt hates it so fucking much? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Like, usually when you like a movie, you know, it's a little it's not that you like lower end movies, but it always seems like, you know, you love it and it's like it didn't score that well. So it's like not everybody loves it kind of thing. And then this one is kind of the opposite. Yeah, it was like but flipped. it's not something that I would have expected. Yeah. Like it's... I would have thought, you know, your hatred, it would have been a little more even. Like maybe a five, maybe a six, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. For the reasons why I picked it to do. Yeah. Because like I do generally like everything. Yeah. So even if I hate something, you're probably like, okay, he hates it, but it's not going to be, you know, this low, 
you know score or this or that but it's like he hates it so much and then you see 8.4 out of 10 and it's like whoa wait a minute like yeah. if this rate's so high and he usually loves everything like how can he hate this so much <laughs> and i did watch it you know with the expectation that i would like it despite everything you said but it was just like and that's what i said too it was like i really did like until like the movie was almost over you know, I made that comment, you know, it was like, because something happened on the movie that, like, I really wanted to just bitch about, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, and I was like, you know, I was like, no, I was like, I'm really trying not to say anything while you watch this, because I don't want my hatred for it to cloud your opinion. Yeah. Like, I wanted you to come into the podcast with your own fully formed opinion on the movie without me whispering <laughs> in your ear. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't have to, because it was right from the beginning, you know, like I said, I didn't like Wendy, you know, from her, like, trying to cover for him, and then him just being an asshole, and you don't get any context as to why he's an asshole. He's just an asshole. And it's like, why the fuck are you defending this asshole? <laughs> and then Danny's like, you know, the little Tony thing, and then the comment about he's not supposed to tell anybody because Tony will be mad, you know, that he has this gift or whatever when he's talking to the, the cook, the chef. Yeah, Dick, Dick Hollering. And that was another thing. 1980s movie, they just fucking killed Dick. Yeah. He don't die in the book, he don't die in the miniseries either. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was like he just he just made these completely arbitrary changes for no reason. Well, in that version, somebody had to die in the movie. He was too fucking crazy to not kill anybody. So when Dick showed up, he he had to die. I guess that was like no, we gotta let Jack kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, okay, anybody that's made it this far, because I know this is not, not our usual format, and, like, maybe a lot of people won't want to listen to us bitch about a movie nonstop <laughs> for, like, this long, but, like, if you're out there, please give me some logical reasons why you love this movie. <laughs> like, like, seriously, like, I would love to know what you think this movie does right. <laughs> yeah, you know, beyond the, the talent. Yes, beyond, beyond, like, give me a reason you love this movie that isn't, oh, Stanley Kubrick or, oh, Jack Nicholson. Because, <laughs> listen, I understand that, too, but we need a little more. I love anything Jensen Ackles is in. However, I can acknowledge that there are a couple things where it's like, if he wasn't in this, I would not enjoy it at all. It would be stupid. Man, he would make a good Jack Torrance. He would. Given the emotional range that I've seen him pull off on episodes of Supernatural. I was going to say, just from Supernatural alone. Oh, yeah. Alone, like, like, he could do it. Yeah. See, and now I'm curious because, like, you know how HBO is getting into the streaming thing? Uh -huh. You know, they're doing, like, it's going to be called HBO Max. Yeah. And, like, wow, Friends left Netflix. They left, they took Friends off Netflix because it's going to be on HBO Max. Which, like, I don't get because it wasn't an HBO production, but whatever. But anyway, one of their original series is is going to be The Over Overlook. Wow. Done by J.J. Abrams, and it's going to be about the hotel. Now, like, I don't know if they're going to do, like, a really, like, you know, long-form season telling of The Shining. Or I think what I would like to see is if it's called Overlook, like, I would like to see the shit that happened before. 
Like, you know, yeah. the stuff that in the miniseries, the stuff that he reads about in the papers, like in the basement, like, like sad. seeing the woman in 217, like commit suicide. Like, you know, the gangland style murder that happened in the one room. Like, you know, you could the presidential suite. Yeah, like you could do an anthology series and like every episode could be a different story, you know, of something that happened there. Yeah. And then maybe if it goes on a couple seasons, they could retell The Shining, kind of like Hannibal did with, you know, Silence of the, you know, Silence of the Lambs. Right. You know, like they started yeah. off, you know, and 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 it was way before any of that, you know, and then they ended up retelling Red Dragon, even though it, it had been a movie. So, like, if they do something like that, that would be cool. So now I'm sitting here thinking, well, if they do ever do The Shining part of it, who would they get to play Jack Torrance? And it was like, and I'll be like Jensen Ackles would be on my list. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, with, like legit. Finally ending, he's gonna be open to doing more stuff. I would like to see him do more stuff. Actually, like like my heart that he didn't get to be Batman. Like with Supernatural being on for so long, it's like I feel like he probably missed out like on a whole bunch. Actually, he did miss out on a whole bunch of stuff because originally when the Marvel Universe was getting off of the ground. Kevin Feige, Feige, he wanted Jensen Ackles for Hawkeye. Yeah. And he couldn't do it because the shooting schedule with Supernatural wouldn't work out. So it wanted Jeremy Renner instead. So, like, we could have had a Marvel Universe that had Jensen Ackles as Hawkeye. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> I would have liked Hawkeye a lot more. <laughs> but whatever. So, okay. Final thoughts. You can boil your final thoughts down like I did. I guess you kind of did already, but. Yeah, it's about the same. So I was just going to give you my rating. All right, rating. <laughs> Two stars. Zero. <laughs> you can't do zero. Oh, I can. <laughs> zero. Like, I can't even give this movie a half of a star. Even for the last 20 minutes? Nope. Because because even though Jack's in his element in the last 20 minutes, those last 20 minutes weren't earned. It was just, so oh, he's going crazy because now that's where we're at in the movie and it's time for him to go crazy. Like... Like, the hotel didn't drive him crazy. Like, I don't see how isolation you know, could be, could drive him that crazy. Especially because, like, Wendy and Danny weren't even doing anything to him. You know? So, like, what? No. No, it gets nothing. Yeah. Zero. If I could give it negative stars, I would give it negative stars. I would give it negative five. Like, well, the opposite side fair. of the number line. Then that would be a negative three overall. Because it would take away my two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shouldn't even have gave it two. Well, zero. But no, I do. And this is the only movie you will ever hear me talk. Oh, wait, no. Not the only one. There is one other movie that I hate as much as this movie. Don't even ask. I don't know. Oh my God. How could you not know? Because I can't think that far. It's late. I'm tired. But you know, I don't like remakes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't. They remade A Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, know this. Yeah, but I didn't think you hated it. Oh, I fucking hate it. You have it. Because I'm a completionist. I have all the other Elm Street movies, so I gotta have that one. Good to know that you wasted $30 on a movie <laughs> that you hated. I didn't waste $30 you on did. it. No, I didn't. I waited until it went absolutely on sale. I got it out of the bargain bin at Walmart. I paid $9 for that movie. I don't think you did. I oh, no, I did. I think you paid no, I did not. You got it shortly after it came out. Nope. Paid $9. But you know what's different about The Shining and that version of Nightmare on Elm Street that I hate so much? I could actually give that version of Nightmare on Elm Street two stars 
because the only good thing about it was Jackie Earl Haley. He was not a horrible Freddy Krueger. They just gave him shit lines to say. (laughs) He was the only thing that did anything of any substance in that movie. So I can give it two stars. And there you go. You tuned in for The Shining and found out my rating for the Elm Street remake. (laughs) But that movie's fucking garbage too. They should take all the copies of the 1980 version of The Shining and all the copies of the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I will gladly even give them mine. And they should put them all in that same landfill where they put all those E.T. Atari games. (laughs) (laughs) Done. So there you go. Two stars from Dez. Zero stars from me. Fuck this movie. Fuck Kubrick. I hate it. So, now the pimping part. I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter today. Actually, I shouldn't say today because this isn't going to air until Thursday. But by the time this comes up, we'll be a couple brackets into our 80s slasher tournament that we're doing. I had a bunch of people submit brackets today, like, you know, prediction thing, prediction brackets. Like, it's super awesome. Dude, one guy submitted a bracket that is exactly the same as mine, except for one pick is different. Nice. Like, in 1988, he took Child's Play instead of Phantasm 2. But that's literally the only difference we have out of 40 movies. <laughs> wow. But well, yes. Like <laughs> you don't even like Child's Play. I know, but I really don't like Phantasm. It was Phantasm 2. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. I hate them all. <laughs> this is the thing all over again. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to get my croquet mallet. About <laughs> to go Jack Torrance in here. But, any- <laughs> but anyway, we should be pretty far into that by the time. Actually, by the time that airs, we should like know who won the first part of the 80s bracket. You know. Between Friday the 13th and Maniac and Prom Night and Terror Train. I thought the bracket was going until 5 p.m. Friday. Well, I thought about that. And it's like, you have have Friday the 13th going against Maniac, right? And then you have Prom Night going against Terror Train, right? And then the two winners of that will have to go against each other to become the 1980 finalist, right? So it's like if we let that go until Saturday, that's only going to be one round. So like it'll literally take us two weeks to even get a winner for just the 80s bracket. So it's like if I put it up today, if I let it go till Wednesday and then on Wednesday do what's looking like right now, it looks like it's going to be Friday the 13th versus prom night. So if on Wednesday I put those two together then by the time we're ready to record next Saturday, like we'll have that final list. You know, okay. we'll either be talking about Friday the 13th or we'll be talking about Prom Night. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of stretching one bracket, you know, each bracket right. out over two weeks. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because like it, two weeks for a bracket, it'll take forever. So you that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to like split it. Okay. So, yeah. So tune in next week. For either Friday the 13th or prom night. Like I'm calling. Possibly. <laughs> I'm going to say possibly, but I did my prediction bracket and I, I have Friday the 13th coming out of 1980. Like, okay. I don't think rather like, rather like, cause it's stomping maniac right now. I mean, it is stomping it hard. Like I'm actually pulling up my profile thing right now so that I could just look at it real quick. 
but like oh, okay here we go um friday the 13th versus maniac right now has 29 votes and friday the 13th is winning 86 percent to 14 okay oh, like damn. like like maniac is not going to come back from that now prom night and terror train they have 26 votes and prom night's winning 62 percent to 38 so i mean like that one's a little bit closer yeah. you know like about like 22 percent 28 percent something like 24 percent something like that but like <clears throat> but like i do i think it's gonna be friday the 13th versus prom night and like i said in and like i said huh and then friday yeah like i said like in my prediction bracket like i i have friday the 13th coming out of the 1980 bracket so it would not surprise me in the least if on saturday we're recording an episode about friday the 13th yeah <clears throat> but we are doing this in conjunction with mutantfam.com you know so you guys need to still go to mutantfam.com, check out all that good stuff, you know, Video Creep, Survivor's Guild, uh, TYTD reviews, I think it is. Like, they have, like, a bunch of, like, stuff if you're in a horror. That, like, you can, bunch of different podcasts, like, you know, there's me, here's Monster Movie, it's on my thing here, the Monster Movie Happy Hour podcast, where, like, they make cocktails to go with their movies. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I should totally be drinking and podcasting, but whatever point is is like if you like a bunch of different horror stuff you can find it there and if you're really into joe bob briggs and the last drive-in you know we're you know we kind of sprung up around that <clears throat> like we're big fans of that so you know we do live tweets of the last drive-in every friday night so definitely want to check that stuff out if you're into horror so i guess i will see you we will i we will see you guys next week probably for friday the 13th <laughs> yeah, <most likely. laughs> Bye. They're coming for you. Look. There comes one of them now.